Welcome everybody who's tuning in online also. We invite you to come in and gather in, get seated and get ready uh, for our Sunday morning worship. We also want to just thank everyone who's, uh, who's tuning in online. Uh, we want to welcome them. Let's welcome all the people who are tuning in online. Come on. Very good. Amen. A lot of great things happening this week as we get started, and you're coming in, um, and, and you're getting settled in for church. We want to uh, let you know that um, uh, we need your prayers this week as um, our team, our leadership team, especially our youth leadership team, high school and middle school, are, are getting ready for our, our annual youth retreat. And uh, so Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of next week, we're taking all of our youth group away, as we always do, middle school and high school, to have an encounter with the Lord. And it's going to be a great weekend, so we're looking forward to that. But what we need from you as a church is we need your prayers to cover that. We have almost 70 kids going on our annual youth retreat. Let's give God praise for that. It's so good, um, and uh, our format this year is, is going to be incredible, and uh, we're just believing for God to come and, and give the kids an encounter with Him in a very special way, as He always does, and, and so I want to thank all of our leaders for working so hard for the last few months to make this happen, so let's give them a hand, amen? Come on, come on, give them a hand, right? It's so good. So much to look forward to, and uh, we're excited to be in church this morning. We know that there's a lot going on uh, in the world around us, and we're excited that you uh, made time out of your schedule to come and be in service, whether you're in-house and whether you're online. And we know that in the world we live in, that a lot of people are still taking advantage of our online services, and we are so grateful for that. We're also so grateful for our media team that makes that happen each and every week. I don't know if you know, but there's about uh, anywhere from 15 to 17 people that makes all of that happen each and every week. And so let's give them a hand. Amen. So grateful. If you've been the beneficiary of, of one of those online services, and this is the world we live in now. And so uh, we're learning to do ministry in an incredible way while making space for all of those who want to come and join us here in-house too. And so it's really good. Uh, so we're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, we want you to stand with us, amen, as, as you're in this house. And we're going to worship the Lord today. So good. Listen, I um, want you to understand that um, uh, I know our offerings have been uh, a little bit different the way we do it. If you're online, you can give online in-house. You can do that, too, through the app. But there's also designated spots for you to just lay your offering in as you come in. We're trying to... Uh, uh, relieve the contact as much as possible for you and make that. That being said, uh, this Sunday, everybody say today. Today, today uh, we're going to give you a brief. As you know, from Foundation Ministries always puts our financials out every quarter of the year. Uh, we always stand up and give you a report. So this is the end of the second quarter. Justin Gintz is going to give us a quick report in a few minutes uh, of the update. Uh, we a lot of churches schedule business meetings for you to come and then people don't come. And then people say, what's going on with the finances of the church? Pastor Don doesn't do that. We give you a report on Sunday morning because you came. Hello, somebody. Amen. And you're going to be excited about what you hear. We're going to do that in a little bit. Uh, and it'll only take three or four minutes and uh, run those through there. So, amen. Who's ready to worship the Lord this morning? Come on. Father, in this place today, we've come to exalt you, God, to lift you up. God, we've come in this place 
to worship the only one who's worthy of worship. Truly, Lord, you are worthy, and our hearts are postured. God, we thank you that when we come into your presence, God, we don't come with shame or guilt, God. You've made a way into your presence for us to come with joy, for us to come with celebration in our heart. And Lord, we have determined that you are worthy to be celebrated. We have no other agenda today, God, but to lift you up and to celebrate you, Jesus. And so fill this place today, God, as we lift our voice in joy and celebrate your goodness, God. Touch our hearts and lives, God. Lord, we just pray for everyone who's come into this physical building today. We pray for everyone who's turned in on our online service, God, right now, wherever we may be. God, let your presence come and touch us, Lord. Lord, let us not leave this gathering the same as we came, but let us leave changed for your glory and for your honor. Truly, today, God, you want to do business with us, and your business is loving us, Jesus. So, Lord, have your way as we celebrate your goodness in this place, in Jesus' name. And everyone said?
good through it all. We thank you that you have a purpose for our life, God, and that you're still working, God. We pray, Lord, that you just begin to move any obstacles in our life, God, anything that's holding us back from what you have created us for, God. We just pray that in the name of Jesus.
I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Where are we walking? Are we walking in the land of the living or are we choosing to stay behind and walk in um, carrying those grudges, carrying those addictions, carrying those things that are hindering us? You know, we talk about God, you know, coming in uh, uh, breakthroughs. Breakthroughs are coming, but sometimes it is a sitting and being still and listening for God, and he will come after persistent praying sometimes. It takes some years, but a lot of times it takes work on your part, too. It takes work on your part. You just can't sit there and wait for a breakthrough to come and, and expect to be freed from an addiction. It takes work on your part, and it takes a, a, a mentality of a persistence and to, to, to take hold of that addiction, and you just you want to lay it down. You just gotta lay it down. You can't keep moving forward if there's an addiction or anything holding you behind, unforgiveness, whatever it is. And then later on in this verse, and I know I've seen this on tombstones and things like that, but it's in 15, Psalm uh, 116, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I just think about how joyful the smile on his face when we decide to lay down. Lay down those things at his feet and let them there. Give them to him. It's a death. It really is a death for us. It can be a grieving of giving up some things. But it, it can be a death like a death. And But how joyful to hand that to him. Lay it at his feet, whatever, and not take it back when you turn around and leave. That's the whole thing. You gotta leave it with him because I tell you what, there will be such a peace. There will be such a peace. God has so much in store for us, but we gotta lay down our stuff before him and we need to land, uh, live in the land of the living.
says call those things that are not as though they are sometimes in our lives it doesn't look like God is good but the truth is he is we let circumstance we let trouble we let struggles dictate to us the character of God we let our feelings and emotions tell us who God is then we come into a service like this and we sing a song that I think is prophetic a good God. We need to declare it right now by faith. Father, we just declare in the name of Jesus. God, that no matter what our eyes see or what our life feels, you're working, Lord. You're moving. Lord, when we can't see it, we know you're moving. God, when we can't feel it, we know you're moving. God, when we don't understand it or can't believe that there's a way, you are a way maker, Lord. God, you promised that you would make a way. So, Father, this morning we declare it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop. Come on, church. Never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Come on, somebody. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. I dare you to declare it by faith. Never stop. Come on, do you believe it? He never stops working. Come on, sing it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even. 
celebrate your goodness in this place, Lord. We celebrate who you are, Lord. You're a good God, and our testimony is that the good God, of our, the good hand of our God is upon us, Lord. We celebrate you in this place in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise in this. Lord, we celebrate you in this place. Hallelujah. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's so good to see you all. As we dismiss for the children, um, I want us to give all of our visitors in the house a hand. Amen. Come on, let's welcome all our visitors. Yeah, it's so good to see you. And if you're watching online for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, we want to remind you of our 10 a.m. starts on Sunday online and in service. And so there's so much good things to talk. I'm going to give you another reason to celebrate this morning real quickly. I'm going to invite Justin Gintz up uh, to the stage and uh, to give you a report. Uh, for us as an eldership team and our advisory council team, it's very, very important that we demonstrate to you the stewardship of the ministry and that every penny that you give is accounted for. And we think that that's something to be celebrated. Amen. And so uh, to do that in a drawn out, boring business meeting that you're not interested in, I, I, don't, I don't think accomplishes the point because celebrating uh, God's faithfulness joined with our faithfulness is something of worship. And so I've asked uh, the advisory council and Justin represents them this morning uh, to share uh, the second quarter update. Uh, with you as far as how we're doing. And with COVID-19 and all these things, there's, it's a struggle, right? There's a lot of things that, um, that, that we could anticipate because of unemployment and everything that's happened. But I want you to watch what happens when you stay faithful to God. God stays faithful to us. Amen. And so give Justin uh, your attention for just a minute. All right. Well, it's my honor and privilege, uh, since I'm on the advisory council and I worked with Mike on the budget last year, to uh, present our little update here. So first off, I want to say thank you for all the, the word faithfulness keeps coming up today that you guys have all shown through this pandemic. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the fact that uh, we went into this a few months ago and uh, we met as far as with the church finances and the elders charged us with trying to come up with ways that we can save money in sub-ministries anywhere we can. And, uh, you know, the sub-ministries the sub have been incredible. They you know, held off any non-necessary spending. Um, so that, that really added up. So, so to, at this point in the year, we're 104% of our projected budget on income, uh, which we had a 4% budget increase over last year, so we're really 8% over where we were last year, you know. And uh, our expenses, you know, we're at 97% of our expenses year to date. Um, so that's just, you know, incredible. Um, and then... Uh, I would just really quickly want to acknowledge the people who are on the advisory council um, because, you know, it's not a real glorious job, but, you know, just wanted to mention who they are. So Nick King is our chair. Um, Mike Munson is our elder uh, who serves with us. Uh, Cindy Bagley is our church secretary and our bookkeeper. She's on it. Uh, Tanya Wells, Melissa Stauffer, Libby Hooley, Josh Wired, and myself. So just thank you for your faithfulness, everyone. Uh, it's a lot easier that we don't have to worry about uh, where we're going to cut. Uh, so, thank you. Short and sweet, and uh, that's the powerful thing about it. Now, if you think about it, we uh, going into this, like Justin said, we increased the budget by 4%. 
We're another 4% above budget giving uh, this year, so that's 8%, plus we're 3% below budget on spending. So if you add that, we're about 11% above total this year uh, combined over next year in the middle of a global pandemic. Celebrate the good Lord. Come on, come on. Now, as always, I want you to know, if you're watching online or if you're in the house, if you're new, uh, it doesn't matter to me how, how you do it. At any time during the year, you can ask for a financial report from the church. Cindy will push print and give you that right away. Uh, this team works very, very hard uh, to make sure that that happens, and uh, I think they do extremely well, amen, in, inside of what we've asked them to do this year as an eldership team. So, uh, so much good to happen inside of it, and, and we're looking forward to even more. Uh, Mike told us this morning, he said, this is the part of the year where we usually begin to play catch-up. All the years before, you know, with Christmas and spending and anyway, it usually our budget begins to catch up mid-year to the end of the year. But this year, right now, mid-year in the middle of a pandemic, our ministry is going into that part with, a, with, a, with an increase and that's a great thing. I mean, that's a great thing. Now, by no means does that mean stop giving, amen? <laughs> because uh, now sub-ministries are kicking back in. Hello, somebody. And uh, pretty soon Sunday schools will start again, and all of these things will start happening again where it takes finances to, to generate community. And uh, that's what we're trying to do with everything that we do is build community. So um, what a powerful thing, and I want you to be encouraged, amen, because I am in that. And so it's, it's really, really good. I want you to uh, turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 42. Now, I need you to know a couple of things this morning. Uh, Hannah was in charge of, of picking music out this week uh, as the Lemas are on vacation and those type of things. And so when Hannah picked the songs this week, she had no idea what my sermon was going to be on. And on purpose, I, I don't usually do that uh, to, the, to the worship team. They got to hear from God just like everybody else has to hear from God. And she talked to she, her, all her songs that she picked for the worship team to lead us in this week was about breakthrough. Come on, someone. The whole worship team came together, and, and they worked that out uh, together, uh, and, and they began to do and hear God together in that. And, and each one of them, a part of the worship team, is very, very important in what they put into their weekly prep. Amen? That being said, though, the worship team had no idea that my sermon title today was going to be Breakpoint equals Breakthrough. Hello, somebody. And we've been talking for a few weeks about how God has been, been challenging us to move, amen, from where we were and where we are to where he needs us to be. And then last week we talked about how God uses transition in our life to get us through that process, amen, and how God, amen, begins to move in such a powerful way. And what is our reaction, hello somebody, when God's vision and our vision creates a division in our life? How do we line that up? And how do we begin to move with God through that process? This week, I, I want to show you where I think God has been taking us. And we start in a portion of Scripture that's very powerful. Joseph uh, is in Egypt. He's a prince of Egypt now. This is picking up right where uh, his brothers are, are having to come before him. They don't know that it's their brother. Remember, years ago, they sold him. They threw him in a pit. And they sold him into slavery. And, and, and some things have happened. 
And now his brothers wind up in front of him. And let's pick up here in Genesis chapter 42, right? Verse 33. Then the man, the Lord of the land, said to us, By this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me. Now, one of Jacob's brothers, or sons, sorry, has got to stay for ransom. So Jacob is the son of Abraham, and he's got all these sons. His favorite son, as far as he knows, is dead, Joseph. Been dead for a long time. And the only proof that he had was a, a, you know, a cloak of many colors. That was covered in blood. He's dead. Jacob's wife, his favorite wife, his beloved wife, the one he had to work 14 years for, she's dead. What's left of his son stand before this prince of Egypt? And this prince of Egypt says, You gotta leave one of your brothers. Now, these boys know their dad. This ain't going to be good. He said, by this I'll know that you're honest men. You're going to leave some, you're going to leave some collateral here. Then you can take some grain for the famine. Everybody say famine. Of your household and go your way. Bring your youngest brother to me. Then I shall know that you're not spies, but honest men. And I... I will deliver your brother to you, and you shall trade in the land. So in other words, when you come back, I'll give your brother back to you, and I'll allow you to do business in the land of Egypt. Now, as they emptied their sacks, so they go, they get back, and, the, and they empty their sacks. Behold, every man's bundle of money uh, uh, was in his sack. And when they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. Jacob, their father, said, You've bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more. And Simeon is no more. And now you take Benjamin. Listen to what, listen to what Jacob says. All this has come against me. It's too much. I can't deal with it. I am tired. It's just one thing I... Come on, somebody. Then Reuben said to his father, kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands and I'll bring him back to you. Let's pray. Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving, amen, of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. How is this possible? How is it that Jacob, the son of Abraham, living in the promised land, the land that God brought Abraham to and said, it's going to flow with milk and honey. I want you to leave Ur. I got a place I want to show you. I got a place that I want to give you, Mamre, the, the Valley of Oaks. I, I've got a place for you. And, and it's going to be a place like you've never seen before. It's, it's a beautiful place. Come on, someone. I, I can't really tell you about it. I'm going to show you. If I told you about it, Abram, you wouldn't believe me. So I'm just going to show you. I'm just going to show you. 
We've been there. Need you to move, Abram. Transition happens. And now Jacob, a descendant of Abraham, is an old man. And he's living in the land that God took Abraham to. But now that land has become a land of famine. It's a desert. It's dry. It's not producing. There's nothing to sustain life anymore. It's gotten so bad that as an old man, Jacob is concerned. Why is that an important detail? Listen to me, church. Why is that an important detail? Abram, I need you to move. God uses transition to make it happen. Why is it an important detail to pay attention that now as an old man, Jacob, a descendant of Abraham, is living in the land that God brought Abraham to, the land of promise, and the land of promise is now famine. The land of promise is now struggle. The land of promise is something that can't sustain life. Why is that important? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you why it's important. Because everything in life changes. Sometimes what was a blessing becomes a burden. I'm going to preach to you all today. Sometimes what you thought was a burden turns around and becomes a blessing. We got to stop getting caught in thinking about things as if they're always the same because everything changes. And This is why we don't experience breakthrough at our break point. Because even if we move, even if transition is doing something in our life, even through those processes, if we refuse to see things different than we've ever seen them before, we will always wind up at a break point instead of a breakthrough. Everything in life changes. Even here, the land flowing with milk and honey. Even it isn't flowing anymore. It isn't flowing anymore. It's not good enough anymore. It's not working. And everything in the land is affected. There's a famine because there's a drought. And if there's a drought, there isn't any water. And if there isn't any water, you you can't water the crops. And if you can't water the crops, then the crops don't grow. And if you ain't got any grain, you can't feed the the livestock. And if you can't feed the livestock, they're not producing milk or meat or babies. You see how this domino effect takes place one thing leads to another leads to another leads to another leads to another I know none of y'all in this room except me has ever experienced that how how I mean it's just one thing after another after another after another and, and it was just that one thing that fell down how could that affect everything else but that domino effect happens and, and it touches everything until, until nothing is left untouched until nothing is left unchanged and we don't think it's not fair it's not fair it's too much come on somebody so now Jacob says to his sons the ones he's got left, we got to get out of here or we're going to die. Betty didn't know what I 
was going to preach today, she got up and said, we can't continue, amen, to walk the way we've been walking. we got to walk in the land of the living. Hello, somebody. And Jacob is standing there saying, ain't nothing living around here anymore. We can't live here. We can't walk in this land anymore. Boys, we got to go somewhere else. I'm an old man. Y'all need to go down to Egypt. Figure out. Figure it out. This is not the land of the living anymore. And he sends them to Egypt where everything seems to be going well. I mean, they're in a famine too. But you know, you got this guy, Joseph. Y'all heard of this guy who has a dream. And God begins to position him and place him. And, and he begins to prepare Egypt for seven years of famine. And he gets all of these things stored up and all the grain. And he's an incredible businessman. Amen. And, and he positions not only Egypt for survival through a famine. But he positions Egypt to be in a place to be, make money during the famine. Not only do they have enough to sustain themselves, they have enough to sell to everybody around them, amen, to, to sustain life. And so everybody's coming to do business with Egypt. Everybody's coming. Because of a young man who's supposed to be dead. A young man who's been through some stuff. A young man who's been through some stuff that ain't fair. A young man that got treated like he shouldn't have been treated. A, a young man, amen, that, that been even in that, amen, went through some stuff. It wasn't fair. Life wasn't fair to Joseph. Hello, somebody. I mean, I know he was a little brat. I know he had some dreams. And probably the way he shared those dreams... Hello, somebody. See, you can have a truth, but the way you deliver a truth always determines whether people receive it or not. And God had spoke to him, but uh, hello, somebody. He was Joseph. I kind of like him. Boys, I need you to get down to Egypt. What I need you to do when you get down to Egypt is I need you to negotiate a way for us to stay there until this famine's over. Listen to me, church. God has a way of moving us through trouble. I didn't say out of trouble. God has a way of moving us through trouble. God, God has a way. Have you ever just begged God not to let you experience something? And then, and then, you know, you still got to walk through it. You still got to, and it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem, you know, you've been through it. You're just like, you're just like Jacob at this point. You're like, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's too much. I don't want to deal with it. God, this is, God, when I get to heaven, me and you are going to talk about this. I don't know if you read the book of Job, but Job said that same thing. Hey, God, when, when I get to heaven, me and God are going to have a conversation. I'm going to straighten him out. Because this ain't fair. And then God shows up one day and says, hey, Job, uh, remember that statement you said we're going to have a conversation? Let's do that right now. And Job's like, never mind. I'm good. It's all right. God has a way of moving us through trouble. Because, see, God knows we won't move if certain things don't dry up. I know I've been meddling for a couple of weeks. But it's so much fun. You see, because God makes me live these things out before he lets me preach them. So God been messing with me. So now it's your turn. God knows we won't move. Certain things don't dry up. 
Elijah would have never left the brook of Cherith if it hadn't dried up. If them crazy old ravens had just kept bringing bread, nah, I'm good. This land, Abram, I got someplace I'm going to take you. Jacob's like, what gives God? See, God will allow things to dry up, not because he's trying to kill you, but because he's trying to move you to the next level. I'm preaching to somebody today. I said, God will allow things to dry up, not because he's trying to be mean, amen, but God, because he's trying to move you to the next level. I know I'm preaching to somebody today, and, and, and it's good. If I just preach to myself, it's all right, because I like it. Listen, listen, just because things dry up don't mean you got to dry up with them. You may have to move. But at the end of the day, God's going to use it to shift you. God's going to use it, whatever it is, to shift you. Jacob's sons meet this new prince of Egypt. And what they do, you know the end of the story. They discover that this new prince is an old son. This new prince is their old brother. I mean, he's a young one, but... He'd been dead for a while. This is why you got to be careful when you meet people in one place in life because you never know where God's going to take them in another place. Well, 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 how the turntables. Some of my office. Some of y'all watch The Office. Oh, you got me. This is why you got to be careful when you meet people. Especially you, where, where they're at. You might judge them for where they're at. You might, you might draw something out of them. You might not think much of them because of where they're at. But you never know where God's taking them. Hello, somebody. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. The Bible says, beware lest you uh, entertain angels unaware. See, some of us have even entertained, we don't even know. But see, what we do know is that sometimes we have taken the people of God, a person of God, and we have treated them less than we should have because we didn't think much of them in our... But God's taking them somewhere. God's taking them somewhere. The last time they saw their brother, he's at the bottom of a pit. Hello, somebody. And now they've got to negotiate with the very person they tried to destroy. Well, 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 how the turntables. Some of y'all think he messed that up. No, that's the way he said it on there. Come on, somebody. Be careful. Life has a way of switching. I said life has a way of switching. Everything in life changes. Amen. The promised land turned into a desert. Joseph, Joseph switched from the bottom of a, pa, a pit to the top of a palace. Amen. Listen, he went from someone who had no say to someone who's calling all shots. Let me tell you why the Bible says do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Because you never know when you're going to be them and they're going to be you. Amen. Oh, me. They had to leave one of their brothers as collateral. And when they get back to Joseph, they discover all this money in their bags. The money they paid for the grain that they hauled back. Everybody's confused. 
Because they got a couple of things going on in their mind right now. As I just read my Bible, that's the only way I can think about it, right? they got a couple of things that they can look at. They all open their bags. They all see this grain and the money they paid for the grain. And they're like, okay, wait a minute. What, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense to me. Are we going to be accused of being thieves? Or, or, or is this a payment for, my, for our brother because now he's a slave? They don't know what to think. And you know what? Here's what happens. When you don't know what to think, you think everything. This is the second time they've had to come to their father and say that one of their sons is gone. It's too much for Jacob. It's too much. It's too much. Have you ever said that? Come on, I just want to preach to a bunch of honest people. Have you ever said it's just too much? This is ridiculous. I've had enough. I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) You know, just like you, just like me, Jacob's not new to trouble. He's been fighting since the day... He was conceived. Jacob's a fighter. He's been fighting since the days. He was fighting. The Bible tells us he was fighting in his mother's womb. This guy's a scrapper. He just likes to fight. Come on, somebody. He had to fight for the birthright. He even had to fight with God in order to even understand who he was. Jacob wasn't always a good man. Jacob's name literally means cheater, usurper. Come on. Now, if you've named your kid Jacob, I'm, not, I'm just saying, hello, somebody. <laughs> That's what the name means. It's the reason God changed it. This guy, this guy, Jacob, I like him. He's fighting in the womb. He's fighting in his house. He fought with God. Who fights with God? He's a fighter, man. Listen, when you've had to fight all your life, fighting in the womb just to survive, Fighting with Esau, his brother, and he won. Jacob fought with God on the side of a mountain and prevailed. But he's old, and the cumulative impact of the stress has taken its toll on his life. And eventually, the strong get tired. Eventually, the strong get weary. Eventually, the strong find their breaking point. If one more thing happens to me, I'm going to lose it. Amen. If one one more thing goes wrong, I'm just done. If one more thing happens, I can't take it anymore. I've been fighting all my life, but this is it. I'm at my breaking point. Point. I'm preaching somebody. That's because y'all quiet. Everything's got a breaking point. Pipes have a PSI. They can only contain so many, so much pressure per square inch. TC, TC this week's making a little apparatus and uh, a pipe, and he had, had glued it together, and he, he he's trying to fix some uh, some 
things on his truck. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, and, and he's got to pressurize this little pipe. And so he's, he's glued it all together, put a little valve stem in it, and he's trying to pressurize the top of the pipe. And he's got it held like this. And so he puts some pressure in there, right? Blows the pipe up. But he put too much pressure in there. Hello, somebody. Blew the end of the pipe off, crushed his phone, put a big old dent in the side of the thing standing next to him. And he was like, yeah, that probably wasn't good. Everything, everything's got a breaking point. Even your car engine, it's got RPMs on there for a reason. Y'all know at a certain RPM over there, it's red? That's the reason. Don't go there because there ain't no guarantees. This is the breaking point. And so do people. I just want to be a real preacher to you. I just want to be a real guy. I want to blow smoke. Amen. I just want to be very real because I'm, I'm trying to walk with Jesus just like you. Amen. I, I'm, I live in a broken world just like you. And I understand just like you that everybody's strength has a limit. I'm here preaching to some people who feel like you're close to your limit. If you like me in those moments, not only are you suffering from the pressure of your limit, but you might even be embarrassed that you have a limit. Deep down, you think you should be strong enough to deal with anything. That's why you don't tell people that you're at your breaking point, because you're ashamed about it. And and you wear wear all these clothes. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. You know, we write it all over everything, right? We misinterpret the Scripture. I shouldn't have a breaking point. I shouldn't be weak. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I shouldn't be in this mood. I shouldn't have this attitude. I shouldn't have this thought. I shouldn't want to quit. Jesus didn't quit on me. Why do I want to quit? Come on, somebody. All these people in my life, they didn't quit on me. Why do I want to quit on them? Hey, man, all this struggle, all this time, like, it's just, I'm just there, though. I'm just there. And who can I tell about it? Because they're going to judge me. They're going to think I'm not as spiritual as I really want to be. Amen. But it's going to sound like I'm not spiritual at all because I've got this image. Listen to me, church. No, no, no. Listen, Christ is the only one who doesn't have limits. You have limits. Christ can do anything. You have a limit. Come on, church. Folks who act like they don't have a limit, they're liars. You can have all the de- you can have more degrees than a thermometer and have a limit. You can have more talent than anybody in the room and still have a limit. The Bible says this of Jacob, and it's the only person in the Bible that the Bible testifies to this of. The Bible says that Jacob fought with God and won. Number one, who fights with God? Number two, who fights with God and wins? Jacob. I don't have a trick Bible. It's right there. The Bible says he fought with God and prevailed. Jacob fought with Esau, and he won. Jacob stood up even when his father didn't like him. Y'all know why Jacob, Jacob's mom felt so bad for him because his dad didn't like him. He liked Esau better. That she's the one who came and concocted the plan to steal the birthright. 
Yeah, I can't read your Bible. You got to read it. It's pretty good. You should sometime. Jacob lost the love of his life. 14 years he worked for her. He refused to settle for Leah. Remember how, how their father played a trick on him? Now, I don't know how you, how you wind up getting married to the wrong woman without knowing it until after the ceremony, but it happened. And I don't know what was wrong with Leah. Maybe she didn't have all her teeth. I, I just don't know. But Rachel who is who he was in love with. And I, I'm going to tell all you young men right now, right? You keep, you keep following the world's way of falling in love with women, and you're going to wind up with Leah and not Rachel. And that ain't never good. Rachel is worth waiting for. Rachel's worth working for. Right? And I'm going to just tell you something, young men. When you find Rachel, you found a gift from God. When you found Rachel, you found the excellence of God. When you found Rachel, you find the blessing of God. And if you settle for Leah, don't blame God. Y'all, y'all help me with the young men. Fourteen years he worked for this woman and she died. She died on the side of the road, giving birth to Benjamin. He had to bury her on the side of the road. And Benjamin is the one Joseph said, leave him. First, he lost his beloved son. Joseph, he loses his beloved wife. I'm just telling y'all right now, Jacob's one tough dude. He, he, some, but he still had a breaking point. I'm preaching somebody. It, it, Jacob is a tough dude, but he still had a breaking point. When they told him that they had left Benjamin in Egypt, it's too much, it's too much. I can't do it, can't do it. It's, I'm done. See, every time... You survive a blow. You spend something. Even if you win, it costs you something. When I was going through the police academy, I took a, a, a few, uh, uh, a year-long course on Aikido, uh, defensive tactics, and those type of things. And uh, if you don't know what Aikido is, it's uh, Steven Seagal's martial art. And it's joint manipulation and those type of things. Uh, my instructor wasn't it was a, a master Aikido instructor. He's, he's dug size, right? Like, I, I mean, building everything. And you know how boxers do these speed bags? Right? I watched him do it with his feet. Like, this guy was bad to the bone. And I remember he would put five of us around him during training, and he'd get on his knees, and he'd say, come get me. And we're like, one at a time or all of us? All of us. He never left his knees, and I've never been in so much pain all my life. <laughs> Every time. He'd just be on the floor, just, oh. He went to Atlanta, Georgia one weekend uh, to do a, 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 a fighting competition. 
And he comes back with this big trophy. He had won the whole thing. But his ribs on this side were broken. And he, he was black all the way around the mid. And he, he won the match in about 25 seconds. Because he had watched this guy that he was going to have to fight all night long. And he realized that that guy liked to kick with his right foot to the chest every time. That was his lead. Boom. Testing, testing the distance and everything. And he decided in his mind, I'm going to let him kick me. I'm going to catch his leg and I'm going to kick him in the head and knock him out. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just saying this is what my instructor told me. So he got in the ring. Sure enough, boom. The guy, he, he, he took the toll on his ribs and he reached right up with those same feet. He could do a speed bag when he kicked that guy in the head and knocked him out. He came back and he used that as a teaching. He said, no one wins a fight. Even if you bring the trophy out, you still pay a price. And if you're not willing to pay a price, you're never going to win. That being said, there's no class this week. Because <laughs> he was just beat up. See, you're upset. You feel bad. You're at your breaking point. And I realize it's a reality because even if you've won all your life, come on, church. Every time you win, it still costs you something until after years of fighting, even winning, you eventually end up with nothing left to spend. It's called your breaking. I'm preaching to somebody. You've had some wins. You've had some losses, but the sum total cost, I'm done. I just, I'm done. I'm done. But God has been speaking to us for three weeks, church. Move. Because transition is coming, and your breaking point is going to be your breakthrough point. Jacob says, all this has come against me. All this has come against me. All of this has come against me. He has spent time counting all the wrong that has happened in his life, but he has not counted what's right. Have you been spending more time counting what's wrong than you have been counting what's right? That's why you can't get beyond the breaking point. Come on, church. You find yourself today agreeing with Jacob, all these things have come against me. I know if you do, listen, you're at your breaking point. You're at your break. But you got to remember today, I'm going to blow your mind. I want, I want to give you something to chew on. you got to remember today, I want you to never forget this. That same Jesus that walked on water, that same Jesus that raised, amen, uh, the dead to life, that same Jesus that healed deaf ears and caused mute tongues to speak, that same Jesus that called blind eyes to see, that same Jesus who touched the lepers and healed them, he's the same Jesus that stumbled and fell under the weight of the cross. Why do I say that? Not because Jesus is weak. But in this room right now at your breaking point, listening online right now at your breaking point, you feel like Jesus does not understand what's going on. You feel like Jesus does not understand what you're going through. But remember, he fell under the weight. And someone had to carry that for him. Jesus understands the breaking point, church. 
Jesus understands where you're at. He doesn't condemn you, amen, for being at a breaking point. He doesn't condemn you for being at the end. He Listen, God didn't condemn Jacob for being at that point in his life. God was actually using that point in his life to do something that otherwise could not have been done. Watch me. I'm setting you up. I'm setting you up. Jacob says too much. That's how he saw it. But that's not how it was. I said, that's not how it was. There's a big distinction between how you see it and how it really is. I said, there's a big distinction between how you see it and how it really is. And the Bible knows that. God knows that. That's why the Bible says you got to walk by faith and not by. You got to walk by faith and not by. It's a big difference between the way you see it and the way it really is. It's a big difference between what you think's going on and what God might really be doing. Jacob saw all these things that are coming against me. All these things coming against me. When in reality, they're all working for him. Let me, y'all not going to believe it. I'm going to prove it to you. Let me prove it to you right now. You ready? You ready? Y'all not ready? He thought all these things were coming against him. It's too much. I can't handle it. But all these things are working for him. Number one, Joseph's not dead. He didn't know it. And if he had stayed... He would have never found. If it wasn't for the famine, he would have never known Joseph was alive. What you saying, preacher? I'm saying God is telling you to move because transition is coming because I know you're at your breaking point, but I want you to break through. I'm doing something you can't even fathom right now. It's so big and it's so deep. And the thing you thought you lost, I'm getting ready to restore. The thing you thought was going to break you, I'm going to break you through. Amen. The thing that you're struggling with right now, I'm going to use it for my good and my glory. I'm going to show you things you thought you'd never see before. Let me prove it to you. Right? If it wasn't for the famine, there would have never been a family reunion. Guess who shows back up? His name's Simeon. Hello, somebody. I said his name is Simeon. Everything Jacob had lost was about to come back. I don't think you believe my preaching this morning. Because you believe your circumstances more than you believe my preaching. But I came here to tell you, everything you lost is about to come back to you again. I came here to tell you this morning that Romans 8, 28, like Breno says in his song, is a cheat code. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I'm here to tell you this morning, right, that what you thought, uh, amen, was evil, God is meaning for good in your life. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now what God is doing. Like Jacob, the things you thought were against you are probably actually working together for your good. I want to prophesy for just a few minutes. It looks bad, but it's going to work out good. It was meant for evil, but God it's going to make it for good. You cried all night, but joy is coming in the morning. You tried, amen, and you're tired, and you're bent over from being weak, amen, but you're going to stand strong in just a little bit, amen, because God's going to come and pour himself out to a breakthrough in your life. Evidence may be saying it's a breaking point, but faith says it's a breakthrough point. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's a New Testament scripture. I said faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Amen. Listen, it's the proof of things that you're looking for. Instead of losing your mind about your breaking point, you ought to just lose your mind about your praising point. 
start praising the one who brought you to a breakthrough point. God has a way of taking us through trouble. Amen. Your breaking point has just become your breakthrough. Hey, I came to preach to you this morning. Amen. And you need, listen, I'm the one doing the preaching. You should be doing the praising. I'm doing the telling this morning. You got to do the hearing. If you're at your breaking point, instead of quitting, you should praise like God has a plan. God has a plan. I don't know if you believe that. God has a plan. See, everything in life changes. And we live in a broken world. And not everything works out like we want it to or like we thought it should. But the one thing's for sure is God is sovereign. And there in anything in this life, when your heart and life is committed to Jesus, when your heart and life is given to the Lord, that you can't walk through and be better on the other side. But if you quit, you'll always stay at your breaking point. You'll never walk through a breakthrough point. I wish, I wish the people of God would live like they believe God has a plan. I wish the people of God would be unafraid to lift their hands. Those same hands that have been worried. I wish the people of God would be unafraid to lift up their head and open up their eyes and their mouth and just thank God for who he is and what he's doing. God himself has allowed some things in your life to dry up so that he can shift you. It dried up so the tail could become the head. It dried up so the bounds could be loosed. God's moving. God's moving you through transition to a breakthrough. See, we like Jacob. We see it one way, but God sees it another. Jacob thinks he's at a breakthrough or a breaking point. But what we understand because we read the end of the story is that it was actually a breakthrough point. His boys load him up in a wagon. I don't don't have time to read the Bible to you. They said, Daddy, we need you to trust what you can't trace. We need you to believe what you can't see. Reuben says, look, if I don't bring him back, kill my two sons. I need, you to, I need you to trust me here. You asked me to do something. By the way, who, who, who's the one that kept Joseph from being killed by his brothers? Instead, came up with the idea, let's just say it again. And who's the one now saying, hey, daddy, take my two boys if I don't bring him back. If I don't bring Benjamin back, come on. This guy, Reuben, there's something about him. Daddy, I need you to get in the cart by faith. Everything's going to be all right. And you know what? Step by step, God was leading Jacob into Egypt where he would be sustained the rest of his life. Where he would live fully supported 
and blessed on the land and the supplies of foreigners. Genesis 47, 11, let me read it to you. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren, and he gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, the best of the land in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. He would not want for anything the rest of his life. Can I have the worship team come? What he thought was his breaking point was actually his breakthrough. God would supply all his needs through foreigners. God had positioned Joseph to be in the right place at the right time so his father Jacob could experience a breakthrough instead of a breaking point. You don't believe my preaching today? Well, I preached it anyway. And at this moment, there's something in your life that's going on. And you're like Jacob. It's too much. I'm going to die. But I believe God has been speaking to us over the last three weeks. I believe God has begun to position us even through COVID-19. He's been moving us by transition because he knew you would be at this breaking point. He knew it. He knew it. But God's not a God. He's not a God that leaves you at a breaking point. He wants to, come on. He wants wants to carry you through trouble. There's a process to that. Step by step, you got to get in the wagon and you got to ride to Egypt. I don't know how long that ride is. And I don't know how rough that is. Jacob's an old man. Can you imagine? And that cart riding through a land that's in the middle of a famine. Ain't no pay. Come on, somebody. In your air conditioning. I bet Jacob, like his, like Abram, had learned to pitch his tent over an artesian well. See, you got to learn a little history, right? You guys know what an artesian well is, right? It's that water that bubbles up out of the ground, and, and you, it just comes right out. It's so cold, you can drink. There's one right over there at... Uh, What's the campground? And Amigo, as you go in, they got a little cup hanging on a pole there, you could, right? You could just, in Florida, there were tons of them, right? Like they would pitch, they would find these artesian whales and they would pitch their tent over them and that would air condition the tent. Brilliant. I know Jacob had learned to do that, but guess what? Ain't flowing. Ain't no whales flowing. Now I got to figure out as an old man how to get to eat see you got to go step by step by step. I don't know how long it took I, it's not, but it, it's important to note that it, it took a, it took something right it feels like a breaking point but it's really a breakthrough moment and you can have the courage if you can have the courage if you can have the courage to stop counting what you lost and remember what you won you'll get through this and you'll rename your breaking point your breakthrough point. On the other side of it, you're going to be an overcomer because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And the word of your testimony is going to be, hey, what, I, what the enemy meant to kill me, what I thought I was going to die from, God came in, come on somebody, and it was actually what I needed, amen, to break me through. Every, 
I've got to go full circle. Everything in life changes. The Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says this. Call those things which are not as though they were. Don't let a breaking point drive you away from a breakthrough. I want you all to know something. God preaches to us together. I never preach a sermon as if I've come to, like I'm the one who's mastered this thing. <laughs> Will you stand with me? This altar is open. you who've said that's it I'm done I don't know what you're waiting for you better get in the cart <laughs> I need you to trust what you can't trace I need you to believe in the God who brought you this far I need you to believe in the God who made his promise with Abram by himself. He didn't include Abram in the covenant. Because I don't want you to mess it up. I don't want you to not be able to live up your side. So I'm, I'm going to make this myself. I'm going to make this myself. Just It's going to be between me and me. So it ain't. Come on, church. And he says to Abram, I'm going to make, make you seed like the sand on the beach. I'm, I'm going to make you seed like the stars. Just go outside and look at the stars. Count them if you can. It's my promise. All nations are going to be blessed. Three. Who is Jacob now to say we're going to die? God's promise isn't true. We're going to pray for a minute. And if you want to come spend some time at the altar, just say, God, help me get in the cart. I can't possibly see what you're doing in Egypt. I can't possibly know that what I thought was once dead is actually See, some of y'all got some prodigal children that in your mind's eye you can't see them coming back to God. But I'm telling you, God's working in their life just like He's working in your life. And some of y'all got some finances, y'all don't. Some of y'all got a job that you didn't. Some, some, some of you got some health issues that why are you, why are you not in the cart some of y'all got some marriage issues that are in your own mind you can't possibly see that what God is doing you got to trust that God has brought you to a breaking point not because he doesn't love you or care for you or because he wants just to be mean or cruel to you that God has brought you to this place to show you that he's the one that turns a breaking point to a breakthrough point he's the one who gets the glory he's the one who gets the honor he's the one who shows up as God and God alone not you, not me, not anybody else God breaks us through, amen so he gets the glory in our life it's true I'm going to start praying. If y'all want, some of y'all want to come to the altar, ain't nobody going to judge you. The truth of the matter is there's some people who should be in the cart. That it, 
They ain't going to come anyway. Maybe you're watching online. Just right there where you at, your coffee table. It'll work. It'll work. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that when you move us and you use transition, Lord, you, you're not leaving us to break, God, but you're causing us to break through. Right now in the name of Jesus, God, we stand before the throne of glory. We stand right now, Lord, with our lives before you raw, God, and real. And we stand before you, Lord, knowing, God, that this message has touched each and every one of our heart for some reason or another, God, that each and every one of us, God, have stated in your presence, I'm done. It's over. I'm through. I'm done. It's a breaking point. I can't overcome. It's too much for me to bear. But God, you brought us here to this place at this time, God, to show us that you're not a God that leaves us at a breaking point to tear us apart. You're a God who breaks through. You're a God who shows up. You're a God who's got a plan. And this morning, I pray it in the name of Jesus. I pray it in the name of Jesus. What miracles need to take place, God, in this place? What miracles need to take place right now in the name of Jesus? That depression, you're going to break through it. That anxiety, you're going to break through it. That sickness, you're going to break through it in Jesus' name. That job's going to be a breakthrough. What you thought you lost, God's going to restore. Amen. That marriage, God's going to break through. Those prodigals are coming home because God's going to break through. Hey, Jesus, do what only you can do. Lord, we got to trust what we can't trace. We got to trust what we can't trace. We gotta trust what we can't trace. Come on. Hey, those of you who haven't come, I want you to pray. Those of you who see those at the altar, I want you to pray right now. Come on, we can join in worship for a minute. We can pray right now in the name of Jesus. We can press in. Maybe you didn't want to come to the altar because of whatever reason, but right there where you're at, right there where you're at, God can still move. God still wants to move. God still wants to move. God still wants to move. Just for a minute, I'm asking you to do some business with God. There was a moment when the lights went out. Come on, just for a minute, I want you to do some Death business with God. Death claimed its victory. The king of love had given up his life. The darkest day in history. There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake and the veil was torn What sacrifice was made Come on, lift those words
said. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord one more hand of praise. Turn around, tell somebody your breaking point's actually your breakthrough point. God bless you.